Open up to Acts 17. I'm, I'm going to go right into this. Acts 17. We're going to do offering at the very end today. I'm just I'm ready to share. That's okay. <laughs> Acts 17, and I'm going to use this. Um, this has been, it, it's, it's no secret we're in like this really weird time. I mean, and, and, and we are, it is one of the most politically charged times, I think, that, that since I've been alive. Yeah. Maybe some of you that were raised during the 60s and stuff, like, like it, was, it was different then as well, but we're, we're in a weird season. And 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 uh, and I'll address some of those in a second, but but I want to speak directly to that, and I want to speak as us as really a post Pentecost people, which that's what we are. We celebrated Pentecost last week, and everyone just raised their hands to receive, and so it's like, what in the world do we do with it after we receive? Because if we receive and do nothing with it, then we might as well not have received at all. That's right. Okay, and so so we want to look at this tonight. Or tonight, today, it may be night when we finish. I don't know. <laughs> I may need to go get a burrito break from next door. But... Amen. <laughs> Amen. I'm going to read the first eight verses and I'm just going to take off. Uh, now, when they had traveled through Amophilus and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica where there was a synagogue of Jews. And according to Paul's custom, he went to them and for three Sabbaths reasoned with with them from the Scriptures, explaining and giving evidence that the Christ had to suffer and rise again from the dead, and saying, This Jesus, whom I'm proclaiming to you, is the Christ. And some of them were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas, with a large number of God-fearing Greeks and a number of leading men and women. And, 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 and but, but the Jews, verse 5, but the Jews, becoming jealous and taking along wicked men from the marketplace, formed a mob and set the city in an uproar. Sounds familiar. Set the city in an uproar, attacking the house of Jason, and they were seeking to bring them out to the people. When they did not find them, they began dragging Jason and some of the brethren before the city authorities, shouting, These men who have upset, and another translation, These men who have turned the city upside down are here. They're talking about the Christians who have set the city upside down because they're saying, You say Caesar is king, but we say Jesus is king. Okay? Verse 7, and, and Jason welcomed them, and, and they all act contrary to the decrees of Caesar, saying that there's another king, Jesus. They stirred up the crowd and the city and authorities and all these things. And verse 9, when they had received a pledge from Jason and the others, they released them. Alright, so, so I'll break, especially verse 6 down here in just a few minutes. But, but we're in this season where it is, it's just, I, 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 like, we... You don't know what to do. And if you say anything or do anything, you're probably going to be told you're doing wrong because everyone has an opinion on what you should do. Yep. Say, so we had we COVID-19, which we're still in, and, and, and it doesn't matter what your thoughts are about it, it doesn't make a hill of beans to me, all right? 
But, but we had people respond all over the spectrum about that thing. And then we come out of COVID-19, and then we start entering into this season of, of where the systemic racism in the country is being exposed, and then people's reacting to that, right? And so it's like we start to open up, and then you start to close back down because of all the stuff that's going on. And then you, you turn on the news, and you see what's going on with the left and the right and the in-between, and, and it doesn't matter what you say or do, someone's going to get upset, and I'm saying today that our job as followers of Jesus is to look at these things and respond, possibly speak out. I think we should be speaking out more, but speak to these things from a different perspective than the, than the world has. And we start to usher in transformation to the things that's happening around us. All right, so, so it's like, what do we speak to? What do we do? Well, there's a lot of norms right now. I'm going to talk about several of these, and I, I, I kind of got ahead of myself, and that's all right. But, but, but one of the norms right now is, I, I mentioned systemic racism, and, and now before you think I've gone, I'm, I'm going to say this. I'm going to mention these people's names, and what happened to them was a sin, and it was pure evil. Okay? What happened to Ahmad Arbery, and Brunswick, Georgia, was evil. Hunted down. What happened to George Floyd was wrong in Minneapolis. Thank you. What happened to George Floyd in Minneapolis was wrong and evil. And what happened to Breonna Taylor here in Louisville was wrong. Okay? And it gets quiet. You start saying this stuff. I'm just saying it was wrong. Now, I'll say this. Systemic racism, it is wrong. It is evil. It's not of God. But I'll say this too. I, I'm all for the protesting. I think it's fine. I'm not for the violence and I'm not for the looting and I'm not for the destruction of property. That is every bit as evil as the systemic racism. Okay? So that is every bit as evil as the systemic racism. And I'll say this too. There's just, there's not just as many, there are more good police officers than there are bad ones. That's okay? So just because one does something wrong doesn't mean that all of them are bad. Just want to say that, okay? So, so, so we have this going on and there's just this whirlwind of tension and it's becoming... I, I, I asked someone, someone, I saw this online the other day and I actually agree with it, that, that they're like, the, the, the nation is becoming more... Uh, uh, racially segregated. I don't think. I don't think that it's more racist than it's ever been. I just think it's being caught by people's cell phones more than it's ever yeah, been caught. Yeah. It hasn't went away. Right, right. And, and us as believers, the dominant culture is what's going on in society. And us as believers is to live a different way than the dominant culture. Right. The dominant culture is thinking that we're different or we're better because of the skin color on us, and that couldn't be anything further from the truth. Right. Because it doesn't matter if you're white black or red, that Jesus formed them in the womb of their mother, and they are valued. They have a soul, and he's, he's just for them. Alright. Now, the other thing that's going on, and I just want to speak to this. I thought, well, if I'm going down one route, I'm going to go down a couple of routes. Is that we have this idea of, 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 of abortion. That there's This past year, I'm just going to say this, there's 600,000 babies that were aborted. 600,000 lives. Now, I think we need to have people get burned to adopt and things like that. Okay? 
But that cannot be the norm of society. Amen. Okay? Hopelessness is the norm. Out of COVID-19, many are losing their jobs and feeling like there's no, no nothing else and, and that there's nothing good on the horizon. It's just true. And when you're isolated and alone, and by, by isolated alone, I mean like, I mean, sure, we're on Facebook, we're on social media, but when you're alone in your house for 60 days and you've lost your job and you're wondering how you're going to pay for your bills, it just perpetuates hopelessness. Yes. And, and, and the dominant culture says this, that it's not going to get any better. The dominant culture says, well, if we could have a couple of different policies in place, that it would change everything. And that could not be any further from the truth. The, the kingdom men and women believe this. That like, and I'm all for, I think policies need changed. I think there's stuff that needs done differently. I was thankful to see what happened with the, the no-knock warrants that just got pushed through this past week in Louisville. Like, that's a good thing. But I, I'll say this. What we need is an outpouring of the Holy Spirit yes. more than we need legislation. Yes. Okay? Now, 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 legislation is good, but what we need more than anything is an outpouring of His Holy Spirit. And, and, and all this stuff, it's just caused anger. Like, like seriously, like, like uh, uh, even yesterday when I was at the assembly, there were people with different viewpoints and opinions about what's going on. And if someone says, I saw people getting angry and blood beginning to boil. And I'm sure some blood beginning to boil through must have messed up because you have a different opinion than me. And I'm saying, that's fine. But what we need is not pouring the Holy Ghost. Yeah. All right? And as a Pentecost, post-Pentecost people... The church should rise up and start making a difference in the midst of these storms. It does no good for us as a people to say that's wrong if we don't say, but this is what's right. Or, or it doesn't do any good to say that's wrong, don't do that, but there's a better way. And we've got really good at pointing fingers, but we haven't done such a good job of saying there's another way. There's a kingdom that you don't know of. There's a kingdom that's different. There's a Jesus is sitting on the throne that has a different point of view, a different lens to look through. And even though you're living there, I promise you can change directions if you repent and begin to live this way. This is what we're called to do, folks. It's, it's so much more than having amazing church services. I think we have amazing church services. I, I love what just happened a few minutes ago. That doesn't happen everywhere. That doesn't happen everywhere. But what happened here, it's got to begin to manifest through us and change the world around us. And I'm naive enough to think that a company of people in a dilapidated shopping center could bring revival to a city if we start being filled with the Holy Ghost and start giving Him away everywhere that we are. Now, verse 6, it said these men came to turn the world upside down. It, uh, it means that they caused a revolt. I'm not saying we caused a revolt, but I'm saying that we live so contrary to everyone around us that it causes people to change the way. Amen. They weren't causing disorder to cause disorder. Now we know this. Uh, I just heard this morning that people were arrested at, in, in our town, correct? And Shelbyville was a right group because they were coming to stir up unrest here in our city. They came from another city to cause unrest in our city. 
like, that's wrong. <laughs> okay? Okay? And as a Christian people, we're not supposed to be mean and nasty and cause revolt. As a Christian people, we live filled with love. And broken hearts. And we proclaim that Jesus is King, which is revolutionary in of itself. It's not, it, it, like, we say Jesus King. It's like, it doesn't matter if there's a dem on, on, in the presidency, it doesn't matter if there's a Republican president. That's Jesus right. is still King. That's right. And so we proclaim that. We proclaim that and we live like that. And if He's King, it means that we follow His decrees and His laws. And we live by that because we understand that there's a better way. And His way is the better way. And it, let, me, let me tell you, if you know what's revolutionary is when someone insults you, you turn the other cheek. Yeah. Yes. Right? You know what's revolutionary is when someone curses you, you pray blessings over yeah, that person. Right. right? Like This is what we are called to do. Yeah. And what's revolutionary is when we say, see these injustices going on, we do, we speak our voice, but not out of anger but out of a broken and contrite heart and we start to pray and intercede and see these things change. Yeah. And it looks, I mean, it, it, you, however the Lord says serve and do it, do it. I'm just saying when He moves on you, allow Him to move on you. Yeah. There has to be something different. Thank you. It has to be something different. Thank you. Leonard Ravenhill said that my favorite author and I, like, I named my miniature schnauzer after him because <laughs> I love this author so much. If God, if God could turn us inside out, He might send us to turn the world upside down. If God could turn us inside out, He might send us to turn the world upside down. Yeah. You know why it's hard to change the world? I say this. <laughs> I, I, I think it's this. I, I think we have a lack of people filled with the Holy Spirit. Because until the Lord does, like if you take, like seriously, if you say go serve the poor, Michael, and I'm not filled with the Holy Spirit, I'm, I'm not going to have a heart to do that. But if the Lord turns my insides inside out, then I have permission to go and turn their world upside down. Amen. Yeah. And so, so we. That's why we need it, and that's why we talk about stewarding His presence and everything else, because we need the Lord to touch us, so that the Lord can begin to move through us. And that's why when someone, that, that, that's why so oftentimes we hear churches full of hypocrites, this, that, or the other. And listen, I'm not angry. I promise you, I'm not angry right now. But you hear these things said, and what they're saying is that they really don't live out the things that they say that they believe. Yeah. And, 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 and I believe that if we would get filled to such a degree that they couldn't say that they're not living out the same stuff that they say they believe, we would have permission to see the Lord move in mighty, mighty ways. Alright, so let's just very practically here. Thank you, Lord. How do we turn the world upside down? Prayer. Amen. Prayer. First of all, very practically, you know what prayer is? Prayer is having a conversation with the one that created the universe. Yeah. Yeah. Like, 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 I know if I picked up the phone right now, obviously I don't have his number in here, but if I picked up my phone and I tried to call president, the president, you know I'm not going to get through to him. Right. right. But if I say, Lord, I need you, yeah. you realize that I get through to him and yeah. he hears. Yeah. 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 
And there's no such thing as a busy life. Like we went to go pick up dinner last night and it said, call when you arrive. And I called, I, 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 it was embarrassing how many times I called, probably 16 times back, 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 back. But, but it kept ringing busy. I couldn't get through to them. You realize that it wouldn't matter if every person in this room was praying at the exact same time. Yeah, those yeah. prayers get through to him. Yeah, He's right. not busy. Yeah. And so practically, we're talking to the creator of the universe. It's like, well, fine. If nothing can get done here, if I can't get anything done here, I'm just going to go above y'all's heads. I'm going to talk to him. Yeah. And he's going to get it taken care of, yeah. right? Like, that's what prayer is. Yeah. And so, so it's like, man, and like the Lord is really, with what what's happening here three times a week, is just really igniting a fire in my belly for us to pray. And it's like, when we say this, we don't pray to pray. Like, like, if I just wanted to talk to the sky, I would talk to the sky at home rather than drive all the way into town. Right. But if I can come here and talk to the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, yes. and know that it's impacting our church and our city, I'm going to do it time and time and time and time again. All right? Matthew 16, 19 uh, says this. Jesus is talking. He says, I'll give you the keys to the kingdom. Yes. And whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosened in heaven. Keys, they, they unlock, right? They lock, they unlock. You put keys in the car ignition, or, or if you don't have ignition, you pick the little button or whatever, but, but vehicles won't run without them. They let you into places that you could not get into, and they let you lock things out that should not be able to get in. Right. Jesus says, here you go. Yeah. Take them. I remember the first time I got my keys from my dad, 16 years old. <laughs> 16 years old, a lot skinnier and a lot less hairy than I am right now. It's <laughs> just true. And, and, and Dad said, here you go. And the freedom that I experienced when I got those keys. And the, the, the authority I felt too. I can go where I want as long as my parents let me. <laughs> right? I can go do what I want, go where I want. And the Lord, He, he gives us these keys to the kingdom. And, and, and practically, this verse is saying this, that because he gave me the keys, that when I pray for something, and, and we've talked this before, but Matthew 6.10 is really how you pray. It's on earth as it is in heaven. And so, so if it's not there, I'm going to pray it's not here. And if it's there, I'm going to pray it's here, very practically, okay? So there's no sickness in heaven, so I'm going to pray there's no sickness on earth, right? There's no racism in heaven. Yeah, Everyone's too busy right. worshiping, yeah, so yeah. I'm going to pray this down here on earth. Amen. And so that's like that's very practically how you pray. And so our prayers literally unlock heaven and unlock heaven's resources, but also bind up the enemy's schemes as well. And it's so, so, and it's a big deal when you pray. We, we mentioned this. We mentioned this. We, we started this, I can't remember how many weeks ago, three or four. And we've had all kinds of stuff happen the last few weeks. Right. Husband is sick. Another one in the hospital a few days ago. I, I'll say, I, I didn't know if I was going to say this or not. We, April and I... We, we, and by the way, it's, it's people being raised up in this. It's not just me sitting up here praying because it's not what happened. April and I were up here the other night and we're praying and we start praying, praying against some of these things that we've mentioned. And this is probably the craziest thing I've ever said. 
I felt I, I start. You can see the video. I start coughing very, very loudly and harshly, and and they thought I was choking on my water. Swallowed my water, start choking. I felt like I had hands around my throat trying to get me to quit praying. I don't know how to explain that, but weird you out, whatever. I'm just saying, I felt like I had hands around my throat trying to get me to quit praying. I went back there where Missy sitting and coughed my lungs out, thought I was going to die. Once it came back, and just said, said here's, a, here's a mint or whatever, put this in your mouth and get back up there. <laughs> and, uh, and I came back up and I felt that pressure on my throat again. We're worshiping, I felt it on my throat again. And I said, I'm, I'm going to, I'm just going to pray. Yes. I'm just going to pray. And 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 like it now, it wasn't a pretty prayer. It didn't flow with what was being sang. Like it just, it was very disjointed. And all I said is, "Your nothing is going to stop me from doing That's what I'm right. called to do." Amen. And I prayed that out, yeah. and it was like it, it stopped in yeah. that moment. Now I'm still sore from it, but I, I'm just telling you that there's something significant about when God's people pray. And it's not just here in a setting. It's when you're at home. Yeah. And you go and you get alone and you talk to the Lord. And I promise, like, and I know I get wound up and I have my preacher's prayer voice. I understand that. You don't have to pray in a preacher's voice. <laughs> you can talk to God like you're talking to your spouse. Yeah. You can talk to God like you would talk to your best friend. Yeah. You can talk to God in two or three seconds. Like, like, like the the reason why I love text messaging so much is you can get directly to the point and you don't have to go through a bunch of rigmarole to get to the conversation, right? And so you can talk to God in short, quick bursts and get to the point, whatever. The premise is, is to talk to the Lord and see His hand move. And so if we're going to turn the world upside down, we've got to begin to pray prayers that are more than this. Lord, let me have enough money to pay my bills this month. Yeah, that's right. Now, I want you to have enough money to pay your bills. I actually want you to have enough money to... Let's just let's get everyone lined up today. I want you to have enough money so you can pay your bills and so you can give above and beyond what you normally would so that we can see the Lord move here in Louisville. I'm just being honest. Or so you can, if you get a burden and you want to help your neighbor, you can afford to help your neighbor. Yes. Like, like It's just very practical stuff. I don't want us to go hand to mouth. I, I, like, I want us to be able to get to the point where the Lord trusts us when we're hand to mouth so that we can begin to steward the riches of the kingdom and see other people's needs taken care of. There's going to be billionaires on earth. They might as well be Christians that take care of people in need. There you go. Agreed. That felt good. <laughs> I just want to encourage you, man. Let's just pray. And if you don't know how to, just start talking. Like, like seriously, I can't understate the importance of it. Now, the other thing that turns the world upside down are our words. Our words. So, so we pray, but then there's also this thing that you enter into when you begin to speak out what the Word of God says. Yeah. Okay? So, so there's pray, pray, and like, like for lack of a better way, it would be like declaring and decreeing. It, it would be like declaring the Word of the Lord. That's why in Genesis 1, you've heard, well, this has been a favorite, it's one of my favorite verses, that's why I rattle it off all the time. But when the Lord said in Genesis 1, let there be... And then there was, and the Lord said, let there be, and it was so, and it was good, right? So when the word of the Lord is spoken, something happens, 
it's good, and it has creative properties behind it. Let there be light. Poof, light came bursting forth out of his mouth at 186,000 miles per second, and it's still going forth at that speed. Amen. Right? The Lord said, let there be, and it was, and it was so, and it was good. The only thing that was very good was when he created man, and I just think that's really amazing. Amen. If you ever wonder how the Lord feels about you, he said you're very good. Amen. 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 All right? So, 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 then, so then, Jeremiah 1.12 says this. That, that, that I am watching over my word to perform it. Yeah. So when the word of the Lord is spoken, the Lord, the Holy Spirit, watches over it to see that it's performed. Now, it's not, and I'll say this, if this isn't word of faith, this is not, this is not, uh, um, this is not hocus pocus, this is not, you know, anything like that. That's not what this is. But this is us saying, you know what, like, 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 like this is like, all right, Lord, you said give us a state our daily bread. I believe that you're sending resources. I believe you're going to bless. Or, or when we just pray for the sick to be healed, like, it's like this. The, the, the call the others forth, anoint them with oil, and they will be healed. So it's like, I'm going to take that to the bank and believe that actually the Lord moved in those situations. Like, I'm not going to call some of you and be like, well, you know, I hope something happened. Like, I just want to believe that the Lord yeah. did it and the Lord touched. And so, like, I expect I get a call from Tim that he's feeling better. Like, that's just how I feel. Yeah. Now, what happens if it doesn't happen? I don't know, but I'm going to still believe this because yeah. he watches over his word to perform it. Yeah. And so, I'll say this. Like, if you're going to have, if the Lord's going to watch over his word to perform it, we've got to actually be able to speak the word, which means we've got to know the word. Yeah. Oh, that's right. i know the word. Now, now uh, just full disclosure. I'll write off verses, and most of the time I don't have a clue where they are in there. I'm not, I'm not like them where I can be like, it's this, this, but I know it's in there. <laughs> That's good enough. That's right. <laughs> and so I'll speak it out, to, and there's a lot of times I'll start praying, and word will come out because I've spent time alone with it, and I didn't even know that it was in there. And it starts to come out and starts to change things. And so, so then very practically, very practically, it's us getting into this place where it's like, all right, like there is no racism in heaven, Lord. So let's just start to declare and decree this stuff happened. Like, and by the way, you can look all throughout the Bible and then like it's, it's this, it's this exodus from that system. The, the Jews were very prejudiced against the Gentiles. Yeah. Read the book of Acts. And then Peter, he, 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 the Lord offends his religious spirit and says, go eat the stuff you've never eaten and, and move forward. But anyway, I'm saying that we need to begin to do this. Now look at, look at John 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was, and the Word was God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. He's talking about Christ Jesus. And, and all things came into being through Him, and apart from Him, nothing came into being that has come into being. In Him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness cannot comprehend it. So here's this picture of Jesus, and the Word is saying that, that in Him was life, vitality, zoe, in Him was life, and that life is the light of men. So then I start to say stuff like this, that, all right, Lord, if your life is the light of men, like, it illuminates, it brings, it brings uh, healing, it brings, it brings restoration, it brings, it brings revelatory knowledge. I'm going to start proclaiming this stuff because it actually does something in the room when I begin to proclaim it. And then it says this, 
that that let's do this. The light shines. I'm getting excited and, and like thinking of all kinds of different stuff. The light shines and in darkness, and the darkness cannot comprehend it. In other words, when we start to share the word of the Lord, darkness can't comprehend it, which means darkness shrinks back and moves out of it. And so, so, so it's like this: when you begin to pray, you begin to pray the word of the Lord. I, you understand like there's cartoons that we were raised with where there was an angel on one side and a little devil on one shoulder and they're having this eternal battle and one's trying to outdo the other and one's just you realize that it's not that that's not the truth at all. Amen. It says darkness cannot comprehend it. Darkness doesn't stand a chance. And so we're not fighting an eternal wrestling match. We're on the side that is already won. And what the Lord is waiting for is men and women of God or prophetic voices that begin to get raised up to believe that when they speak the word of God that it actually pushes back the darkness. And so practically I'm going to speak the word of God. I'll take out Deuteronomy 28 and I'll Deuteronomy 28 1 through 14 and I'll start to I pray those verses probably more than any in the entire Bible over my house. Amen. Now read those out loud. I told you to do that. I think I read those out loud and I speak them over my wife. I speak them over my boy. I've been speaking them over Wonder's bedroom. Deuteronomy 28, 1 through 14. Because I believe that those verses have power in them and it's going to bring forth transformation in my own life. And then I speak it over our church. And I read those out loud and I believe when no one's here and I speak them out that Lord, all you're doing is setting a table for everyone that walks in this church. Releasing the Word of God causes darkness to be exposed. causes darkness to be exposed. And when darkness gets exposed, like it flees, but it goes kicking and screaming. Right. That, that, by the way, very practically, like if you want to read through the New Testament, like the Old Testament, there was only a couple of instances where there was the evidence of the demonic. In the New Testament, Jesus is always casting out demons. Always casting, it's like, did they just like breathe and Procreate, and there was a bunch more when Jesus started walking the earth. No, light in the flesh start walking the earth, and where light shines, darkness cannot comprehend it, yes. and it starts to throw a fit and wants does not want to leave where it is, mm-hmm. and it starts to wrestle and it starts to move, and so it's this picture. Of, of the New Testament, when he walks the earth, you start to see stuff happening. I think that's why stuff has happened the last few weeks. Yes. Uh, that's why stuff's happened. And 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 I, I'm, like, I'm not saying we're responsible for this for whatsoever, but the night when the riots actually began to bro- break out downtown was one night when we began to pray. And it was actually yeah. at the exact time that that young man took the mic and began to pray was the time that stuff started happening down there. And I have to believe because the Lord is moving and the darkness is getting a little agitated. Yeah, but yeah, if it rises up enough, yes. that, that we'll begin to quit. Amen. We'll begin to quit. And, and again, I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to make a bigger deal about the enemy than, than I should because, like, again, he's, he's defeated. Yes, right. I'm just saying that oftentimes when you really start to press into the Lord, bad stuff happens. 
and it's how we respond, whether we're going to speak out the Word of God or whether we're going to shrink back to where we were before it determines what we begin to walk in. You're right. Yeah, it's good. And so say this, like some of y'all, sickness, illnesses, uh, Grand Cook says that you're eligible for upgrades. <laughs> Meaning that. When this stuff goes on, the Lord's just about to do something in your life where the enemy would not be messing with you. Yeah, hallelujah. Last point. The Lord's really given grace today. Obedience turns the world upside down. Amen. <laughs> Obedience turns the world upside down. And I'm not talking about legalistic obedience. Like for, 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 for me, it's, it's falling in love with Him. Yes. And just keeping my eyes on Him. And I don't have to, I don't think, I don't think about doing bad things. And it's because I'm so focused on Him that these other things that just, doesn't mean I don't do them. Occasionally something comes and something comes out of my mouth or what, you know, whatever. <laughs> or, 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 or something will happen and I don't respond the way that I should or I get angry. But the Lord always is quick to correct. Yeah, amen. Alright, I want to look at I want to read a passage that we may not think about of obedience. But look at Luke one, or, I'm sorry, Luke 3. I want to talk about John the Baptist for the next few minutes. We'll show you what obedience does. Because so we pray. By the way, when you pray, the Lord begins to speak. And when the Lord speaks, you have the choice on how to respond to that. I believe the Lord's giving us an opportunity in this hour to begin to respond to what He's saying. Amen. How we respond dictates. It dictates what we're going to see. And I'll go this far. How we respond dictates what our kids and grandkids will see. Because yeah, every battle needs fault. It's just a matter of when it gets fought. And so we can put up something off for tomorrow, but little Baylor's going to have to deal with that. Yeah, yeah. Little Michaela or, or Luke right. and Wyatt's going to have to deal with that, right? right? Yeah, or Wonder's going to have to deal with That's that. Right. Or I can say, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and deal with what's in front of me. Yeah. yeah. And I'm going to take care of it. And they're going to go further than I ever asked, thought, dreamt, or imagined. That's it. That's and that's, that's the apostolic that's the <laughs> mindset. But Luke 3 says this. Now in the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, and Herod was a tetrarch of, of Galilee, and his brother Philip was a tetrarch of the region of... I have no idea how to pronounce that one. Yeah. I'm going to skip to verse 2. And the high priesthood... <laughs> of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, the son of Zacharias, in the wilderness. That's such an important verse. The word of the Lord came to John, son of Zacharias, in the wilderness. And he came into all the district around the Jordan, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins, as it was written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, make ready the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. Every ravine will be filled and every mountain and hill will be brought low. The crooked will become straight and the rough road smooth and all flesh will see the salvation of God. So, so, so they're saying John the Baptist was the forerunner of Christ Jesus and he's coming to proclaim this message to see Jesus here on the earth. All right? Now, verse 16, this is what John did. John answered and said to them, As for me, I baptize you with water, but one is coming who is mightier than I, and I'm not fit to untie the thong of his sandals. 
He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to thoroughly clear his threshing floor and gather the wheat into his barn, and he will burn up the chaff with an unquenchable fire. All right, so, so, so just very simplistically, John the Baptist's job was to prepare the way for Jesus to yeah. come. Our job as the church is to prepare the way for the second coming of Christ Jesus. Yeah, yeah. That's what we're doing. All right, I'm just saying. Now, now, what's fascinating to me, if, if you read into this or read and study, John's, the Baptist's dad was Zechariah. Zechariah was a priest in the temple who oversaw the services. Essentially, he, wrote, he led the prayer meetings and he came up with the order of services. That's what John the Baptist did. That was his, that was his job. That was Zechariah's job. So he had an important job in the temple. Now, during this time, it would have been expected that his son would have fallen in his footsteps. So it'd be like, and, and, and whether he does or not, it doesn't matter. It's, I want the Lord to speak to my boy, but it'd be the same principle that, that my son would one day be a pastor. It would be expected. And, and we put that on PK sometimes, and that's not fair. They need to hear right, what the Lord right. wants for them. Yeah. Okay? And so, so it'd be the same type of principle. It would have been expected that John the Baptist would have not went out to the wilderness, but would have stayed in the temple following Daddy's footsteps. But it says that he went out into the wilderness. I believe this, and I don't think I'm reading too much into it. I believe that John the Baptist heard from the Lord. Right. And said, this was your daddy's call, but this is your call. Yeah. You could follow in your daddy's footsteps if you want, but you're not going to prepare the way of Christ Jesus to come. You could do what's expected of you. Yeah. Or you could go out to the wilderness. And the wilderness is not a bad place. You could go out to the wilderness, Hosea 2, right? That he allures us out to the wilderness to speak kindly to us. Where he convinces us of his goodness and kindness. Or we could go to uh, Song of Songs chapter 8. That who is this coming up out of the wilderness? Leading upon her beloved. Right. Where we learn to live in that trust and that trusting posture. But John the Baptist goes out to the wilderness and says, Make way ready for the Lord, right? Or he did this. Behold the Lamb of God which was slain for the sins of the earth. Like he goes out there and proclaims that message and says, Repent and be baptized. Change the way you think. You were thinking it was coming this way, but it's actually coming this way. You thought it was this way. Repent, which metanoia. Change the way you think. Change your mindset. Yeah. You, you, you've operated this way the whole time. And now I'm saying to you this, that I'm preparing the way. I am the literal fulfillment of what was written in Isaiah because I had a different call in my life and I had the opportunity to obey what the Lord laid on my heart or not. And I did it. And when I did it, I finally I was baptizing people in the water. And then I looked and I saw one that I'm not even fit to untie his shoes. And that one came. And I said, Behold the Lamb of God which takes away the sins of the world. And then he comes to me and he says this, Would you baptize me? He's like, I can't baptize you. You should be baptizing me. And Jesus says, I want to, bat I want to be baptized because it will fulfill the totality of the law. And so John the baptized. It says that all of them were praying, right? All of them were praying. Jesus was baptized. All the people were baptized. And the Holy Spirit came down and rested and landed on Jesus like a dove. And so John the Baptist, if he had not obeyed that word from the Lord that you have a different call in your life than your dad, it, he would not have been a forerunner for Christ Jesus. Yeah. And so I say practically for us, practically for us, 
I've, I, like I, I've been writing this term, and you think about what you want, I think we're forerunners of revival, is what I've been writing about. And practically for us, it's like when the Lord speaks, and it doesn't quite make sense, we've got the ability to respond or not. Right. And I, I actually think this, that because He works all things out together for the good, like, you may have a great life. You probably will, actually, because He's just good. He's not going to be like, well, they messed it up. I'm going to punish them for the rest of their life. That's not his nature. That's not his nature. However, by not responding to what he says, I won't walk in the fullness of what he has for me. That's right. Yeah. Us as a church, when he speaks, we don't respond to what he says. We won't walk in the fullness of what he has for us as yeah. a church. And he'll be like, okay, that's fine. You, got, you all keep doing what you're doing. You all keep doing what you're doing. I'm going to move, boom, I'm going to put this call on someone else. Yeah. Because yeah. He, he all, he's always looking for a man. That's why, like, that, that's why the famous passage out of Ezekiel, he's, he's looking for someone yeah. that was standing in the gap. He's, his yeah. eyes are searching to and fro. What he's looking for is for someone just to obey what he yes. wants us to do. And, and, like, one of the hardest things about pastoral counseling is this. And, and like, I know I'm not the best at it because I get agitated sometimes. But one of the hardest things is something like, like, they're like, I just don't know what to do. And I'm like, what's the last thing God told you to do? And, and they tell me. And I'm like, are you doing that? Well, no, I want to know what I need to do right now. And I'm like, go back and do the thing that he said last time. Uh, yeah, it's it's yeah. just this really, really practical thing. Yeah. And, 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 and I believe that once he starts to do those things, then he starts to do something else. And once right. he do those things, he starts to do something else. Yeah. And so I cannot overstate the importance of obedience. Yeah. And, it's, and it's not like fear of missing out. I don't think it. I don't bother. Like, I don't deal with that. I think it's I think we should live with just this like man, if you said it, it's gonna be awful yeah, good when yeah, I do it. I may not understand it. It may get hard. We may have people get sick and we may deal with things. Right. We may have voices rise up and start to slander us and this, yeah. that, and the other. That's happened the last week and a half, by the way. Yeah. People slander and say this, that, or the other. And I could get my feelings hurt. I could get all upset or I could say, you know what, Lord, you must have something really yeah, good on the right. other side of this right here. So I'm going to keep obeying even yeah, when it's hard. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. keep obeying even when it doesn't make sense. I'm going to keep obeying even when I can look back and think, man, that's awful easy. And it's like when Jesus says that anyone who puts their hand to the plow and looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. Yeah. Very practically, it looks like this. My dad actually called me out on this the other day. And he said, you have a tendency to romanticize the past. Makes sense. <laughs> Makes sense. Because you, you, you do my thing, and you leave something or you do something different and, and you were miserable doing one thing and then you leave that thing and you think, man, that was awful good. I'm miserable doing what I'm doing now. I'm not miserable doing what I'm doing right now. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying that we awful time, awful times, it's like this very practically. It's like I, I couldn't stand my job. I couldn't do this. My boss was a jerk. It's all this type of stuff. And so I'm going to go get another job and show that guy, right? I'm going to stick it to the man. And then I go and I do another one. And, and, and then my new boss, we, we end up bumping heads. And I think, I love where I was. I should have never left. And the whole time you were miserable when you were there. Right. And the Lord is saying this. Like, I want to be that type of a person. I want to be the person that says, I just want to obey and not doubt what you told me to do in that season. Right. And by the way, you shouldn't leave a job unless the Lord tells you to leave a job anyway. Because right. he may have you in that position to bring forth transformation in that area. So you're going to have to discern what he's saying. Yes. It's so good. It's just obedience. And so so it's, it's, it's just by doing what he says. And it's like, like, 
Like he, he's got a whole lot of stuff that he said and is saying that we need to obey. But then there's things that he says that we should obey. Why I don't, I don't get bent out of shape what people watch on television or, or do like maybe the Holy Spirit convicted me over something he didn't convict you all over. I don't know. But I know when he speaks, I'm gonna respond. Right. Amen. Went through a season where I was like I, I'm actually I'm enjoying this season right now. The Lord's letting me sleep in a little bit longer every day. It sounds so silly. So wake up at the, before the crack of dawn. Pray and breathe. And I did it because the Lord told me. And I felt like the Lord said, you can rest Sunday. So I'm able to sleep like two hours longer. And that, like it sounds like such a, a silly little thing. But I'm still reading, I'm still doing all the stuff I did before, but it's just responding to what we say in those moments. So I just want to be a people that turns the world upside down by the defense. That's the whole point of what I was trying to say. I think the Lord has this unique position right now. I thought, I thought about, like, we talked about Esther, like, you were born for such a time as this. And someone called me, called me up the other day, and they're like, you know, how, how are you guys? They, they were worried that our home was next to where everything's going on. Like, we're great. Like, we're fine. Like, we're nowhere near that stuff. And I said, man, I wouldn't want to be in your shoes. Why? Well, I wouldn't want to be in the city where that stuff's happening. I didn't get mad. I didn't like, I just, I, I, and I said, well, you know, I just kind of played it off. It off the phone. And it's like the Holy Spirit just whispered, I have you there because I trust you to do it. That's right. Amen. You're here. Yes. Because yeah. I trust you. Yes. You're alive when COVID 19 feels like the civil rights movement all over again because yeah. the Lord trusted yes. that we would be a people that would pray, yeah. that we would be a people that declare Come His on. word, and that we'd be a people that obediently respond. That's yeah. so good. That's, That's it. So good. That's it. Now I hope, I hope and pray like I get some, I, I, 13 years of pastoral ministry, I have done my best not to ever speak on political things that's going on. Because I felt like I did not want to use the power of the pulpit to sway people. I've gotten so convicted over it that I've been wrong in that. And it's not about giving a political opinion. It's about speaking out what heaven is supposed to say, what it's supposed to look like. So I'm sorry if I said something that you didn't agree with today at the beginning of the message. But I also say I don't feel like I said anything that does not line up with the word of God says. And I hope that you heard the last part of this because I feel like that last part of praying and speaking and obeying yeah. is the crux of who we're supposed to be as a people. That's yeah. right there. Yeah. I, I have no desire to be. Now, I, I, 
hear my heart too. I'm not going to talk about this stuff every week. I'm just not. I have no desire to be. And, and again, they're African American. I have no desire to be Jesse Jackson or Al Sharpton. Like, I just don't like that stuff. It's not who it's called me to be. But I'm saying we have a responsibility right now to see this thing turn and shift. Yeah. And it just starts with us responding to this. Yes. Yeah. Amen. Uh, I heard this this week. I'm going to pray. I'm going to say this statement. I heard this week it said, to become a preacher of the Word of God means that you're an equal opportunity offender. what you're wanting to do. And I, I pray, Lord, we'd be a people of prayer. We would not get discouraged when things flare up and rise up. We wouldn't get discouraged or even distracted like morning that you're going to do this and prayer gets interrupted because a bird is in the sanctuary. And it wasn't a holy bird this time. It was just a distraction. That's right. I pray that we'd be a people of prayer. I pray that we be a people that speak out your word and believe that because the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead quickens our own mortal bodies, that when we speak, that we actually speak and your word goes forth and your spirit fulfills what its intended purposes were meant to do. It's why I have the faith that when I preach that I can say something and someone hears something that I didn't even say and it ministers through their heart in a deep way. And they think that I said something and I didn't. That's because your word it never returns void and it always fulfills its purposes. I thank you for that. And then I would pray, Lord, that we just are people that obey. We wouldn't be a people that do what we think we have to be expected to do. We wouldn't be a people that do things out of duty. We would not be a people that do things out of obligation. But rather, we would be a people that just do things because we love you. And we just want to we, we just want to be a people, as Taylor sang out a little bit ago today, that we just want to walk and step with you, Lord. We just want to walk and step with you, whatever that means, Lord. Whatever that means, whatever that looks like. And I know this group of people. I know that I, I know that our people feel that way already, Lord. But I'm praying, Lord, that if there's areas where we haven't been obedient, that we don't receive guilt, shame, or condemnation over them, that you actually just empower us to walk those things out. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever it looks like, if it's if it's reconciliation, if it's being honest, if it's filling tax paperwork out correctly. You know, I, I, if it's not looking at things on the internet, if it's negativity or pessimism, God, I, I just pray, Lord, that we start to just be more obedient than we are right here in this moment. That's it. And then tomorrow, I pray that we're more obedient than we were this evening. <laughs> and next week, I pray that we're more obedient than we are tomorrow. I, I just pray you help us to grow in this, Jesus. I thank you because you're good. I love you, Lord. And I bless you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray this morning.